Welcome to Mothers of Held Angels, or as we say, MOHA. We are three dedicated and passionate moms who have lost babies to stillbirth and infant death. We formed a support group to help get through the dark days of grief. We touch on a variety of topics relating to life after loss, speak with experts, and enjoy healing conversations based on our own experiences. Don't forget to visit our website at www.mohanetwork.org for more information. And thank you for listening in. As the book of Matthew says, you are not alone here. Welcome back. We are going to talk about another story that we're going to share with you. This is Lillian's story. Yeah. Anna's mama. Yes. Tell us Lillian's about mama. Journey. Lillian's mama. Lillian's mama. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I am I'm Anna, the mama of Lillian. Ironically, if you've listened or not ironically, but if you listen to Brittany's story, I am her best friend's neighbor who we became close to after um, Eden Grace's loss. Yes. So And when did your story start? It was 2018 when we found out we were pregnant with Lillian. So we had a little bit different of a journey than Brittany. Um, I would say I think about getting pregnant and sometimes it just happens. Like it's very different than Brittany's. And so I think the journeys are so similar, but yet also different hard ways too. But mostly because when I found out I was pregnant, it was, it was very, um, sudden. And I, we weren't particularly trying to have another baby. We had three beautiful children. I think I knew in my head I wanted another one, but I was very taken aback. And I think that in itself caused some pain that I had to work through later on because there wasn't just only excitement from the very beginning. I was excited, of course, but I was very shocked. Now looking back, do you feel a little bit of guilt for having any reservations? It's been like a big topic with our counselor for sure. I feel like with every pregnancy, I think every mom has that moment of, oh my goodness, it's positive, right? Like Mm -hmm. your pregnancy test comes back and it's positive and you're immediately thinking like, when's the due date or how, when, when was the conception date or, you know, and when I found out we were in a trip with Jeff's family and I didn't take a pregnancy test, I had what was called implantation bleeding. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is too much information, but I'm just going to share this. Um, I had it with my third daughter, Renee, and I had implantation bleeding and we were in, (laughs) we were at a beach for a vacation with Jeff's family and I knew right away I was pregnant. And I remember just like my stomach dropped because we weren't planning for it. We weren't, we were in the middle of a beautiful vacation, you know, having drinks on the beach and doing all sorts of things. Jeff and I were in a really fun place in our marriage. And I think I just got so nervous about his reaction. And I think the biggest healing part of all that was Jeff's reaction, his true reaction. He came in from the beach that day and I said, look, (laughs) I'm pregnant. I know it. I didn't take a (laughs) test yet, but I know I'm pregnant. And I just, in tears saying like, I need you to be okay with it. And his face was so calm and so not, I don't want to say excited, but happy. Mm -hmm. It was a very calm and joyful expression. And he said, 
great. We were going to have a fourth anyway. Like he just knew we were going to have <laughs> another a typical man response. He goes, like, it was going cool, to happen. Anna. And so I, I think, you know, that was a little bit of protection from God. It's hard now looking back, knowing that I was not so excited from the get go, you know, sure. especially because she's not with us right now. So And that still is a healing process. I mean, we're not, I'm not there yet. I have not been able to forgive myself a hundred percent with that. But each time I chat with it about chat with Jeff about it, it gets a little better, but yeah. So we found out before I even took a pregnancy test and I knew it was a girl too. I don't know. I, I had a very strong feeling it was a girl and Jeff, we have a boy, Connor, and then three girl, two girls and Lillian was going to be our third girl. So that was the other thing I was looking at Jeff, like, okay, it's a third girl <laughs> and you just got to be okay with it. And he, w- in, when we found out for sure it was a girl, he kissed me and said, thank you for my, thank you for Aww. giving me another daughter. Aww. And I'm so glad he did. I mean, he just, it, it meant a, the world for me to hear him be excited. He took the lead in being excited for this new life coming into our family. I was, of course, happy. And as every mom knows, like, you are happy. It just, when it really is outside of your plans, sometimes it takes a little while mm-hmm. to, to, to warm up, to get, to get your- ready to be excited. So I remember we didn't tell anyone until maybe I was 14 weeks. Um, and it was Renee's first birthday. So we it was pretty early that we had Lillian or got pregnant with Lillian. So it was Renee's first birthday. And I think I said it and then I closed my eyes because I didn't want to see anyone's reactions. <laughs> I said, and we're pregnant and cut my eyes closed and then waited five seconds and everyone was excited, but everyone was shocked just like how I was. So anyway, once we got all that under our belt, we were, we were ready to go. I knew, again, Jeff was like, we're, we were going to have a fourth baby. This was going to happen. We moved into a bigger house for a reason. You always wanted a big family, which I did. I'm one of four. I think I would have as many babies as possible. You know, I love having, I love the idea of a big family. So the only difference is we didn't prepare the way that we did with the other three. We had just moved in to a new home And we were letting all the kids choose their rooms. And I made the decision not to put a nursery together for Lillian. Mostly because I knew with Renee and Emily and my other two daughters, they just slept in my room for the first year. And I think that's that's also something I've had to come to terms with. I didn't give Lillian a nursery. And if she were living right now, it would be fine. Like I wouldn't have any regrets about it. It's sure. just what has what has happened that makes me feel that that it's hard. It's very interesting you say that that things mean so different. Things we process things and they take on a different meaning mm-hmm. when you after, don't get to bring your child after home. Loss. Mm-hmm. So it's, especially the nursery so far has yeah. been like that reoccurring. Mm-hmm. You know no nursery and with Eden Grace your mom decorating Mm -hmm. the nursery for her yeah and I I mean in our room again and also so this is our third girl right so I also didn't buy any new girl clothes like Mm -hmm. I just took out my tubs and I was picking I was basically shopping through our tubs so all of Lillian's things were hand-me-downs from her big sister's 
which again would be fine, you know, would normally be, and I'm sure moms of multiple children also here are hearing this like, well, yeah, I do that with all of mine. But when I didn't go out and do something special for Lillian, because I just felt like, okay, she's going to fall into place. This is going to be X, Y, Z. I was very comfortable doing all that. And I remember my neighborhood or my community or my street, they threw me a baby shower and I was so reluctant. I mean, I felt so silly. I was like, y'all, this is, this is my fourth kid. I don't need a baby shower. But one of my sweet neighbors was like, I just like to throw showers. So we're going to do something. I just want to. And it's the only pictures I have with like a banner with her name on it or a cake with her name on it. And all those things that that's very meaningful. It's so special, but I was resistant to it, which I think will become a common theme in my story. I just felt like, no, 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 I don't need a shower. And my friend Monica was like, I want to do this. All my neighbor, all my neighbors were like, we want to do it. We just want to, we, we just want to. Um, and so I think this goes back to your core personality. If you listen to my story, you would send a text and you would say no need to respond. I just think that goes back to who you are as you will give, but you expect nothing nothing in in return. Nothing. Well, I mean, well, that's very sweet, but I also, I think I'm always nervous about feeling like I'm making a big deal out of something mm. that's not a big, that shouldn't be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's something also that has come into play after the loss too. There's a little bit of insecurity of, am I making too much of a big deal about this? Mm. Like I, it is hurting so much or, you know, I, I just don't want someone to think that I'm being too much with it. And so I, whenever the shower, I loved the shower and it was beautiful. I just felt like, I don't know. It was an insecurity. It's an insecurity I have, but I do, I am very thankful for everything that I got at the shower and I love all the pictures that I have from it. Um, it's also one of my favorite pictures of my whole family because all the kids were there Mm -hmm. and they were touching my belly and I was actually dressed looking nice with makeup and my hair done (laughs) because I, I work from home as a stay at home mom. So I don't get dressed up that often. So, you know, the whole pregnancy was very calm. It was very calm. I wasn't a high-risk pregnancy. I never felt the need to get a Doppler. I never felt the need to call my OB. I didn't even have his number in my phone. I had the office number, but not his number. Mm -hmm. And I was just very calm through the pregnancy. In fact, when I got to my last appointment, I got in there and I took a nap in the waiting room, like, and you know how you go in to not the waiting room, but the, you go into the room and you lay mm-hmm. down. I lay down on my side and I took a nap Yeah, because yeah. I was just like, no. I think, I, I think a I decent amount a of pregnant <laughs> yeah. in the, you know, it's waiting period for the doctor to just come in. That is so yeah. natural. I, I felt like it was just the perfect opportunity for me to close my eyes. I never had a problem napping or just sleeping <laughs> when I was pregnant. Right. I don't have a problem napping now, yeah. but anyway, so my last appointment with Lillian was at 37 weeks, right on the date or the dot. And I remember I took a nap in the room and my OB came in and it wasn't my OB. It was because he was delivering a baby. It was another, it was another doctor in the office. And he came in that I knew really well. And he started asking me questions and he put 
the Doppler on my tummy and he, and it was in the 120s and it's usually been in the 140s. And so I also said, oh, that's kind of low. And he said, what, you know, what did you do this morning? And I was like, well, I had eggs and, (laughs) and I had a piece of toast and he goes, well, that's not a lot. And I said, well, yeah, but you know, I was coming here and then he said, and then what? And I said, well, then I took a nap. (laughs) So, you know, he made it seem very, he was like, well, okay. You know, you're napping. She's napping. Yes. Your body. This isn't, this is not abnormal. Don't worry about it. And so I didn't. And I am not a medical person and I'm sitting with two medical people. And I think sometimes it's hard when you don't really have, you you don't search for that extra knowledge of like, well, what does that really mean if my baby's heart rate drops? Is it really okay? I'm going to Google everything. I'm just going to listen to my doctor. And I was just so in the, in t- I was just so used to doing that. And my other pregnancies were so normal and it was with the same OB and it was, you know, never did it occur to me to ask, can I get an ultrasound or can I get another mm-hmm. Doppler? Can I take a Doppler home? Do you think sometimes ignorance is bliss though? Would you rather know too much or too little? Right. I, you know, what do you, would it have caught something, mm-hmm. you know, that that's where it tears me up yeah. inside. Would it, it have, I, would I have caught something? It sounds like it's probably though more, I think, well, personally questioning, like if I had done this differently, if I had mm-hmm. Googled it and then insisted on mm-hmm. another Doppler to, or a Doppler to take home or an mm-hmm. ultrasound or whatever, um, because you, you're like, what did I do? What happened? Or what did I, mm-hmm. what could I have done mm-hmm. to prevent this? Why? Yeah. yeah. So I went home, you know, and I, I had dinner or I had lunch with Jeff, my husband, before I went back home and I picked up the other kids. And I think that's also key for any other moms who are listening to like a lot of people had asked me after the fact, like, well, what was the movement when you got home? And I was like, I don't know. I did not lay down and do kick counting. I had my other three kids and we were running around. I have no idea. I have no idea. And, and I wasn't concerned. So I wasn't laying down to do kit counts. And so a whole, like that night, Jeff and I had been watching that telephone machine that travels through space. Do you guys know what that show is? (laughs) It's one of Jeff's favorite. He's we're such nerds when we watch TV, but it's, do you know what I'm talking about? Dr. Who? Dr. Who? Uh Oh boy. So (laughs) Doctor Who, we were watching it religiously, and I remember specifically getting up to go get more ice because I have an ice problem when I'm pregnant, and I only eat ice at night, and I got up to go get more ice, and she did a huge movement that brought me almost to my knees. Wow. And so in my mind, I was thinking, oh, well, there she is, you know, like making her debut with my ice, and in hindsight... I think Jeff and I feel like that was maybe when she did pass because we do feel like the court had been wrapped around her um, maybe during that day and maybe had made her pass. And then when she did, it released and then her body maybe we we don't know. (laughs) And obviously, you know, we're not medical people at all. So in my mind, I just wonder, is that when she passed Mm -hmm. or is that her last? moments, you know, and that's hard because I remember it so vividly, but then I just went and got my eyes still. 
but thinking that she was fine, you know? So it, it was very memorable, but that is almost a little painful, I think, because if that had been her last movement and I didn't do anything, I think that would have been. Well, I was, were you saying that in that moment, had you known that that was her last moment, Mm -hmm. you would have done something? Are you saying like, you feel like you could have done something to save her or you just would have? Yeah. You know, I think it's twofold. Like I wish I would have cherished that moment a little more. Like Mm -hmm. I just basic, I really did get down on one knee. Like, Oh my goodness, Jeff, it felt like she almost just went right out of my body and then got up and went to go get my ice. I wish I would have gone straight to him and been like, can you feel her? You know, can you, can you X, Y, Z just put the focus on her instead of, yes. Instead of my ice issue that I had. And then my, the second part of it is like, of course, like what if I was a nurse or an OB or a doctor? What if I did have more medical knowledge and just known like, you know, even though we have been just sitting on the couch and she hasn't been moving that much, that was an unusual movement. I can just go to the labor and delivery, you know, like, let's just go, you know. Mm-hmm. But then again, we have three kids in bed sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a lot to look at your husband and say like, hey, we're going to the hospital. Call. We're calling a babysitter. We're going to go to the hospital. We're going to. And again, it's an insecurity I have, you know, like am I making too big of a deal about this? Am I being overdramatic? Am I being some, am I making too much of this? And Jeff is not, Jeff is, we're both middle children. So I think if I'm not making a big deal out of something, he's not going to make a big deal out of something. So we both looked at each other, each other in that. Yes. And, and he, so he wasn't also like, well, that's weird. Or, you know, well, let's just keep an eye on that. We both were like, oh, let's just get back to Doctor Who, which mm-hmm. is interesting. But so that night, you know, I went to bed with this, the same way I went to bed every other night. I went to bed. I laid on my tummy. I woke up the next morning, like hit the ground running. Renee's in my face. We're getting ready for school. I mean, you know, you get out of the bed in the morning when you don't have time to sit and think. I need to sit and like think about my baby in my tummy right now you just get out of bed and Mm -hmm. start going Mm -hmm. and something I'll always remember when you're full-term pregnant and I hope someone else can relate to this you feel a little bit pressure on all sides of your stomach that you don't know if they're pushing on you or if it's just the pressure of how big your baby is when Mm -hmm. you're when you're at that stage right so like even when I would stop and I would maybe like bend down just a tad and like push in on my stomach, I could feel her pushing back. Like mm. I would feel that tension pushing back. So I never felt like she wasn't moving, mm-hmm. but I also think, I also think it was just because she was so big and mm-hmm. I could like feel her inside right, me. She wasn't, there wasn't a lot of room to give. Right. And so it felt, it was almost like her body was pushing back because I was pushing on her, on her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole next day, I mean, I went back to my text messages trying to read like, what was I doing? What was I doing that day? Which was a Wednesday. And I think I was taking my kids to carpool. I took care of my sister's kids. Like I took her kids home cause she works outside of the house and like just little things, things that were so minute and just that I, 
never occurred to me to lay down again and do kick counting or which I didn't do the day before. Did you know what kick counts were? I did. I mean at the time or and I've gotta be honest, like I didn't the only time I did that was with my second, no, 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 my third with Renee because I was worried I was going into labor mm. and I'm a C-section mom. And so I didn't want to go into labor mm-hmm. spontaneously. So I had laid down to do kick counting or, or contraction mm-hmm. checking or something. But I remember feeling like, she, you know, even with Renee, I would feel her kick and then I'm like, what am I really supposed to be doing here? Like, <laughs> am I supposed to lay here for an hour or yeah. am I, and you, you know, it, how I, I wasn't fluid on it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it was never my like go-to thing to do, I guess. And that night I remember my, my in-laws came over cause they live down the road. From, oh no, no, at the time they didn't, but they came over and my mother-in-law asked me, her name is Charlotte. She asked me, how's baby girl doing or how's baby Lillian doing? And I was like, good. And I remember looking at her like, as you answered, I don't remember feeling her move today. Like randomly just and you know but of course we're at the dinner table with all the kids and we're trying to clean up and I just gave a quick answer and I'm trying to remember as I'm like getting the kids bathed like is she moving is she not moving what am I feeling what's going on like why is this so hard to tell and that night we sat down watched Doctor Who I'm sitting there eating ice and I think that's when I looked at Jeff and I said like she's really not moving like she normally moves at night when I'm eating ice and again I didn't say I think something's wrong we need to go to we need to go to the hospital think it though I thought I would think it in my head like is this the time we're supposed to is this, is this a moment? moment? Is this a moment that I need to do something? Do I need to take action? And like, as a mom, you just trust your instincts and you think that they're going to give you the answer, the right answer all the time, every time. And I think at that time, again, it's nine o'clock at night, our kids are asleep and my husband is halfway asleep, you know, watching Dr. Who. And I'm not, sure she's not moving. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think she's pushing back every time I lean forward or every time I adjust, I feel like her body's pushing back against me. So I don't, I, I don't do anything. And like that, I think those 24 hours have tortured me more than anything ever related to thinking before, before we went to the hospital, because there was that back and forth where you questioned yourself the night before and you already felt like you were maybe insecure about yes yeah forward with yes just or or just like in hysterics because right and so that next morning when I had the similar thought that's when I called because I felt like no 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 this is too much like I can't I can't just not no and so I called my OB they're not overly concerned I think they were hearing what I was saying, like, I'm feeling her push back, but I don't under, I don't know. And they were like, well, you can go in, but she's probably just napping, have some ice cream. So I'd have some ice cream. I laid down on my side and she didn't move any, she didn't move. I got up. I tried to run. I, I tried to walk around the house and I remember I even went and sat down in my closet and I was reorganizing my clothes to, because her her clothes are being put into our room in a dresser. So I had moved all my clothes out of our dresser and was reorganizing my closet. 
and I was on the floor sitting. That was the first time that I stopped and pushed really hard into my stomach. And I remember thinking, what is going on? Like Lillian, you need to move right now. I don't know why this is like, what, what's going on? And I remember getting up. I had Renee with me cause she was two at the time. And I called my mom and I said, I'm just bringing Renee over. I've, I just got to go check something out. Like, and I was angry. Like I was mad that I w- wasn't more sure, sure of like nothing's wrong or something's wrong. I was still stuck. Stuck. Hmm. I was so stuck. And I was in this middle ground of like uncertainty. What? Like this isn't this I've never been in I've never been this uncertain before. And so when I dropped Renee off, I just and I didn't want to worry my mom. You know, I was like, I'm not feeling removed that much, but I'm gonna go. It's you know, and my mom had the wisdom, I think, as a mom does, like, okay, I'm not because she was gonna go out of town that day and she just said I'm not going anywhere until you call me and tell me everything's okay with Lillian. And thank God she did because of course everything happened, but we, I was driving to the hospital again, still feeling like, is she pushing on me? Like, cause I felt this motion of my body moving back every time I would like lean forward, I would push back. And so I would call, I called Jeff. I was like, I'm going you got to meet me because I made a vow. We had a miscarriage after my first and I was alone in the ultrasound when I found out about the miscarriage and I made a vow from that on, from then on, like I will never be alone in an ultrasound again. Mm. Um, so thankfully I had that thought of like, no, you're meeting me here because I'm going to have an ultrasound and I need, I can't be alone for an ultrasound. And so he did, he left work. He didn't, he didn't think anything of it. And he brought his briefcase and met me at this hospital over here by our house. And I went in through the ER. I didn't even go to the labor and delivery. I just literally like walked in and was like, I don't really know what to do. I'm not really feeling much, but I think I might be feeling something. And they were, they were like, just sit down. We're calling the labor and delivery unit. You stay here. And they made me fill all this paperwork. Jeff still wasn't there. And a lady comes down with a wheelchair and I looked at her and I was, I was like, I don't need a wheelchair. You know, I don't need, you know, what it just, all of these things made me feel so silly. It made me feel like I was again, over like making too much of a big deal about something. And again, this is something that has come into my guilt in my recovery and all of this, because I just didn't want anything to be wrong. So I just let my personality like that just push it back and say I don't need the wheelchair I don't need to be I don't need all that don't make it so they came down with a wheelchair yeah they didn't want to make a big deal by getting the wheelchair. well I remember having the small talk which ironically my neighbor Amy who is Brittany's friend knows and she was and I was just telling her kind of what was going on and she was like girl you don't ever feel bad you just you just come on in and you know whatever but when we got wheeled into the when I got wheeled into the room there was this very sweet nurse there who was, who will come into play in a little bit, but she was just very quiet, very calm. And I started explaining everything and she just quietly nodded at me and she said, well, first, why don't you go ahead and get into a gown and we'll just get this taken care of. We'll figure out what's going on. She didn't say like, everything's going to be fine. She didn't say, oh my goodness, something's horrible going to happen. She just had this like look of, well, let's figure this out. Go get into Matter a gown. 
very calm, very peaceful. And it just put me in this mode of like, yeah, let's figure this out. That's why I'm here. And so I got into the gown, I laid on the bed and she started asking me very common questions and was just, wasn't, wasn't looking that hard. And I think I, I have a feeling that she knew something was wrong and she wasn't gonna be the one because I had told her Jeff was on his way I wanted him to be here for the ultrasound and things so she kind of grazed across my tummy with the thing and then she kind of did it again and she paused and she held it so she's looking at an ultrasound Mm. image no well was it to hear um, the heartbeat it's to hear the it was just to hear the heartbeat okay so they call that like a toco monitor yes that's what so she just grazed it and then she held it and she grazed it again and then she just paused she asked me some more questions and I was answering her, but then I could tell she was still holding it and not working, not doing something. And I was like, I started waving my hands a little like, okay, I'm kind of freaking out. Like I'm, I'm a little nervous. Is something wrong? And she goes, we're, we're just going to wait for your husband because I know you said you wanted him to be here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just call the OB that work that's on call. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, this nurse had this wisdom about her that helped in hindsight, you know, in the moment, I didn't know what was going on. And I was a little agitated that she wasn't finding the heartbeat right away. And so she started doing it again. And my my husband called and I said, babe, it's happening. Because with the miscarriage, that's what happened. He called me right in the middle of them not finding the heartbeat. And I was like, I had to tell him like, it's not there. Like it's not, hap- it's not here. Or they couldn't find a heartbeat. And so for this time he was parked, he had parked the car. He was trying to find the room and I was like, oh my gosh, like baby, he's, it's not, they're not finding it. They're not finding it. And at that point they, it's not that they had not found it or they weren't looking for it, but I could tell she wasn't easily finding it. So I knew that something, something was going on. And he, when he walked in, the OB was right behind him and the ultrasound tech was like coming in with him and I was crying and that nurse, I'm telling you, just stood there again, did not offer me false hope, did not say like, everything's going to be fine, sweetie, mm-hmm. like calm down. Mm-hmm. Every, it's, it's all right. Everything will be good. She just stood there like, I don't know, a, a, a pillar of strength for me, you know, and, and my husband came and came and stepped he came right by me held my hand and the ultrasound people came in and again just like Brittany's story if you listen to her story the ultrasound people came in and were laughing like they didn't know what was going on but they were just they were loud and laughing while they were bringing in the equipment and I remember just being like put my hands over my face and like sounds like they who, need education not the L&D nurses. I, I just felt like who, wait wait no don't you, I cannot hear laughter right now you know so they came in they dropped it off I think someone hushed them out the door and I didn't have the strength to look at the scan which also comes into play a little bit later but I couldn't look at the ultrasound I couldn't do it I could not Mostly was because I also inside telling you you needed to. Yes, I mean I think it was Lillian saying like, yeah. "Look at me, mom. Just yeah. look at me. You know, I'm I'm still the baby girl that you had have in your tummy. Just look at me." I just didn't have the strength to not see a heartbeat, and I didn't have the strength of them trying to find a heartbeat. So even if they if she had still had a heartbeat and they couldn't just couldn't find it, like I knew I was going to lose my mind. 
But what I did, which was harder, in my opinion, was watching a different nurse. I don't know who this nurse was, but she, I was watching her slowly put her hand over her mouth while they Your were hitting me. I saw her reaction and wow. she shook her head no. and she didn't know I was no. looking at her. And I think she was looking at maybe the nurse that was with me. And I, I mean, I, I started screaming and I think, and Brittany, maybe this is, or if you like, I started screaming because I wanted someone to tell me I didn't need to be screaming. Like I started screaming and clawing at everyone and just being like, almost like in a very out of in a plea to be like, calm me down. Tell me everything is going to be okay. Tell me I am overreacting. And Jeff was holding me. I almost was like, don't hold me. Like this isn't over. This isn't, she's not dead. Like screaming mm-hmm. um and when everyone got quiet and just kind of let me scream and cry that's when I knew it was definite and I knew that there was no hope because they were allowing me to mm-hmm. just let let it all out and so I did and he, and I think I remember telling Jeff like we're not gonna make it like I'm, you know, you and I, how are we going to get through this? I'm going to die personally. Like I felt in that moment, I'm, I'm dying too. I'm going with my baby girl. Where is she? You know, she's a baby. She can't be somewhere by herself. I, I'm her mom. If she's not here, I'm not here. And that's the end of it. And I remember Jeff just kind of grabbing my shoulders and like saying, like, think of Connor, think of Emmeline, think of Renee, think of our family. We're going to be fine. We are going to be fine. And I truly think God speaks to men and women a little differently. And I think God guided Jeff in a way. I don't think Jeff knew we were going to be okay. You know, I don't think he had that feeling that, yeah, you're, no, we're going to be fine. I think God just gave him those words so that I wouldn't think I would die, you know? And the doctor sat very calmly right next to me and I grabbed his shirt. <laughs> I remember just grabbing his shirt and not letting go. And your OB, my OBs, or it wasn't my OB. It was some the random OB. The OB, this poor man who I think <laughs> he didn't know what to say to me, but I grabbed his shirt and I just looked at him in the eyes and was like, I need to see the ultrasound. Like at all of a sudden was like, I'm not going to not see her on this ultrasound. Like I need to see it to believe it, bring that ultrasound back, you know? And so we did, he brought it back and he showed me all of, you know, what was happening, the heart, you know, there was no heartbeat. He showed me that the brain was okay. He showed me all the, like he was showing me that her body was perfect, but she was not alive. And so they left and it was me, my husband, Jeff, me, Jeff, and, um, this nurse who I still don't know her name, by the way, which is very bizarre. Sometimes I think she was an angel. I don't know. She stood by me and held my hand and she just looked at me (laughs) and she said, you're going to get through this. Like she just said, you're going to get through this. And I remember looking up at her and I asked her a really bizarre question because I think I was asking her in the sense of like, has this ever happened to you? And in my mind, I was thinking like, another patient. Have you ever been in a, have you been through that? Like, have Mm -hmm. you seen another patient go through this, blah, blah, blah. 
Like, has this ever happened to you? And she calmly just said, yes, I had a baby that died at 27 weeks and without cause. Um, and we had delivered, it was a boy, I think. Um, and she just looked me in the eyes and she said, and you will live through this. And I said something like, why, like, how can she not be coming back? And I mean, y'all, this nurse was like, she's not coming back. You're going to, you're going to deliver Lillian and she, and she will not be alive. Like there was something about her calm expression about all that and not like, but you'll be okay. Like you'll be Mm -hmm. fine. You know, know, like she just knew it was life shattering. And she said, you know, you'll live through it. Like you will live through it because I had kept saying I'm going to die. You know, Mm -hmm. I just kept saying those words over and over again. Um, and she just simply said her story really quickly. Like I lost my baby. I went on to have two more and now I have five total children and it was the worst possible thing that could have happened to me. And that was it. And she left. The nurses switched. I never saw the nurse again. Wow. I mean, I, it I, does sound like she, she was just was, an angel that came in because wow. you needed her. I mean, and so calm. And I just felt like I never knew I would have needed her, you know? So when all the other nurses were coming in, I kept asking like, where's, where's the other nurse? Where's my nurse? You know? And really funny. I love the nurse that came in, but she was, I swear y'all, she was 22. Maybe (laughs) she looked super young, gorgeous. You know, her makeup was on perfect and she was switching with this other nurse and she came in and she had this beautiful like smile. And she just said, you know, I'm, hi, I'm, I'm Britlin. I'm going to be your nurse. And I remember thinking like, nope, Mm -hmm. (laughs) nope, you can't be my nurse. I don't know if you had that same thing, but I had the exact same thing. It was like, I could not let go of my quote unquote, like day nurses. Right. And they were like, I remember Lindsay saying like, this is, Oh my God. And I've drawn a blank, of course, because I'm going to tell this story, but this is your night nurse. She's going to take great care. And I just remember thinking like, you can't go. No, no, this isn't happening. I can't have that moment. So I didn't quite have that moment. I, but my story is a little bit different. So I had five weeks in a hospital bed with nurses that I developed relationships with. And when I tell Carter's story, I'm going to speak to some of those people or speak about some of those people, but speak to what their presence did for me in healing. But no, I, um, <laughs> my story was a little bit different. So, but you did yeah. develop that Absolutely. bond. Like, don't oh leave my me. goodness. Yes. You are that, mo- I still, you were that yes. comfort. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the nurses, actually, I'm sorry. I didn't have that with Carter's delivery, but when my water broke and I went to mm-hmm. the ER, the first L&D nurse that came in to take care of me, Gabby was, I describe her as my angel mm-hmm. and she and mm-hmm. I are still friends mm-hmm. today. And she has been there through my pregnancy and delivery with mm-hmm. my other two. And she's just, but her, like she came in and it was my water had broken, but it was, she was coming to do the test to see if my water had broken because mm-hmm. I thought I'd pee the bed. Right. Um, and I don't want to go too much into my story, but yeah, she came in and she was like, I'm going to do this test. She was just very like, we're going to do this test. It's going to tell me this. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was not 
overly curt about it. Like mm-hmm. I was taking up her time. She had to come down to the ER, mm-hmm. which sometimes nurses can be spread mm-hmm. thin and they mm-hmm. can and that come happens. across right. as right. this is consuming time that I don't have yeah. or mm-hmm. something. And she wasn't overly optimistic either. She wasn't like, key. this is an amniotic fluid. We're just going to test it. You peed the bed. You can go home. Yes. You know? Right. Yeah. So I think, I think that's we big. You have Gabby. Lindsay was the first person I saw. Lindsay yeah. and Tanya. Mm-hmm. We My guardian find, angel. We're gonna I know. Find her. I, I know. I, I need like to talk I, to her. I want, like a little bit of me when you said she left and then like that was it. I'm like, can we get your medical records? Like <laughs> yeah. get her name off of your chart, please. <laughs> and I remember asking yeah. after the fact, I went to go back to visit some of my nurses and I was asking them about her and they couldn't even place a, <gasps> oh a my name. Gosh. To okay, a face, she's an angel. They were like, I, it could be so and so, but it doesn't sound like that. Doesn't sound like what she looks like. So it was just very, very strange. And I've, you know, since since Lillian, lots happened with the pandemic, so I haven't been able to get back to the hospital, mm-hmm. into the hospital to meet with nurses again. But yeah, when she she left and she introduced me to Britlin, I remember feeling like, oh no, how do I, how do I trend? How do I do this? Mm -hmm. You know, like how do I move from someone who knew exactly what I was going through to a very young and Britlin, if you're listening, you're wonderful with you for your C-section. No, yeah, no, she wasn't even in there for the C-section. Okay. So this is the person that took care of you after the C-section. No, No. this is the nurse who took care of me when I found out the news because I'm saying Britlin. Oh, Britlin. Yes. Took over. Yes. She took over. She was wonderful. And that's why, you know, she, she wasn't, she did end up being beautiful, a beautiful nurse for me, like wonderful, but inside and out, inside and out. Yeah. It was just the, it was just that moment of you're too perfect right now. I can't look at you. I can't claw at you. I right can't now. claw. Yeah. yeah. But one thing I remember with Jeff after that nurse left, um, because they all left and allowed us to, and you mm-hmm. know, said, I'm, we're going to give you some time to call who you need to call and stuff, because this was pre pandemic pandemic Mm -hmm. so they said anyone can come one of the harder things that I remember is listening to Jeff call my mom Mm -hmm. and call his mom Charlotte and call my sister Um, I think those are the only people because then they could just spread Mm -hmm. through their contacts to all of everyone else who needed to know I think the what I heard on the opposite you, side. Do you remember telling Jeff to call those people yes. or he just took over and no, started doing it? No, I remember looking at him and telling him, no, you know, it was, I, I think I, yeah, I think it was part of my screaming rant. Mm-hmm. I said like, I'm not telling anyone that my baby died. Like I, that, mm-hmm. those words are not coming out of my mouth. Like I cannot tell a single soul that this happened. I just felt so in denial, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you can't speak it or it'll and be my, true. Or it'll yeah, be true. exactly. Yep. So Jeff, I, I mean, I looked at Jeff and and he did. I mean, he had the strength to call my mom and his mom. And the most painful part was hearing them through the phone. Like I could mm-hmm. hear their reactions through the phone. I could hear my mom starting to cry over the phone. I could, you know, those are things that I are just burned into my memory because it was so painful. And I knew... Even in that moment, I knew how painful it was for my mom to hear because all of a sudden I could, I was like, I couldn't even do this if my daughter went through this, you know, like, anyway, so once everyone got to the hospital, I opted to wait until everyone got to the hospital. Like my mom and his mom and my sister were all very, very close. 
Um, and they all got there as I was being prepped and I wheel- was wheeled back. And I remember my anesthesiologist, I'm guessing, is who came and talked to me because I said, I, I don't want to be awake. I, I said, I don't have the strength to be awake, which again has is a common theme with, with throughout my grief is facing my fear of what's hard about it, you know, and I thought going through a C-section, not hearing a baby cry was going to be too hard. So I told my anesthesiologist, I want to, I want out. Like I want to be asleep. And he was like, we could, we could do that. However, when you wake up, you're going to be in so much pain that you won't be able to like recover comfortably with the baby. And I remember when he said that, I was like, what do you mean with the baby? And all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, I am going to be in a room with my baby recovering. Like it just, with your dead child, all these things just started clicking into place. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, and again, you're like, I can't do this. There's nothing about this that feels normal or, you know, I can't, I cannot do this. And so, oh, that's what I remember. My nurse, my nurse that did come in, not Britland, but a different nurse came in and said, listen, you just need to think about from here until the C-section and that's it. You don't, don't think about after the C-section. You just need to know right now to the C-section what you're going to do. And she took me every four hours and every four hours she'd come back in and was like, you don't need to think about to how you're going to go to sleep tonight. Think about how you're going to hold this baby when you get wheeled out of the OR room and things like that. So she got me into the OR room and the anesthesiologist convinced me to do a nighttime drug. So I fell asleep, I guess, but I wasn't. You were twilight I anesthesia. I was twilight anesthesia. Mm-hmm. So Jeff brought Lillian over to me and woke me up. Um, and big regret for me was not being awake when she was being pulled out of my body because that's how it was for all of my other babies. Like I remember the feeling, uh, every mom does. You remember mm-hmm. that feeling as your baby leaves your your, your body. And I don't have that with Lillian because I was scared mm-hmm. and I let my fear take something away from me and Lillian that I can't ever get back. And so when Jeff brought Lillian to me and he woke me up and I saw her, I mean, y'all know, like they're not just perfect. Mm-hmm. They're beyond perfect yeah. because mm-hmm. they're, they're angelic. They're so still and mm-hmm. so like there's no crying there's no uncomfortable faces they look so peaceful mm-hmm. and it's such a it's such a hard moment to swallow because they do look so perfect and nothing looks wrong mm-hmm. and all you want to do is say wake up like, yeah wake up well what mm-hmm. wake up this isn't this can't you can't be this can't be the this reality this can't be it so I remember chris first thing he said he thought was just looked like she was sleeping that's exactly what it is I mean and it and they look so perfect Mm -hmm. they just look perfect so I was being you know they they allowed me to have Lillian on my chest while I was being sewn up and all of that and I got to I got to you know pretend to nurse and do all of that which was you know at the time very weird very very strange and I don't remember feeling like I liked doing that, but I do like it now, you know, like Mm -hmm. I do, 
I do just like what that memory. What was the feeling in the moment? Was it uncomfortable? Was it not like... It was just because you're... You, unknown. Yeah, I was like, you know, you have to place the mouth exactly where... You know, yeah. it, you had to place everything perfectly to make it feel like that. Oh. And I was still you know it couldn't move that yeah. well so I was just kind of functioning and I was still crying and I was still a mess and Jeff didn't know how who, to help with all who that who recommended doing that our nurses okay mm. yeah um that's interesting because I they never recommended that with me they never said to like just try a nurse no. or and it, it wasn't for very long you know it was just like just do the motion just huh. just do it yeah. you know like it was almost like do what do everything that you have done Huh. So that you can mm-hmm. feel like, and they knew. Feel like you're making the memories. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So okay. they took Lillian out and in front of me. I was being wheeled out, but Lillian was being wheeled out before me. And remember, I had like my entire family in that hospital room with me. So my sister, my mom, my dad, and their reactions to Lillian coming in. Do you remember their faces? I heard just, the you know, my mom just like... It, like moaned like oh like oh my goodness she's you know the same thing that we feel our family members were feeling and they didn't like they couldn't believe it either you know and they're just like oh oh no she's perfect and all those things in that moment you were like aware that that was going like to me it's so hazy and I did have my parents in the room with my mm-hmm. husband and I, and I do not remember their react. I mean, I wasn't awake during their initial reaction mm-hmm. when um, my mom got to hold Carter before mm-hmm. I was awake from anesthesia. But like, I was not aware that anyone else other than myself was having these feelings and mm-hmm. this horrible, like gut wrenching emotion. Mm-hmm. I was not in tune with the fact that other people were hurting too. Mm. I agree with that. I'm going to have to say to that for sure. I I remember I kept saying it to my sister-in-law, Jeff's sister and my sister and all of my siblings that were coming. I, I kept saying, thank you. You know, thank you for being here. Thank you. You know, I just kept saying thank you. And, and I remember my sister-in-law saying, Anna, like I lost a niece, you know, I, you know, I'm mourning or I'm really sad too. Mm-hmm. They weren't just there to pay their respects exactly. or be there for you. Exactly. They were there for their own. Yes. And I, and it just knocked me off my feet because I thought, oh my gosh, it's such, it's such a ripple effect. Like, yes, you lost a niece. My mom lost a grandbaby. My, you know, everyone lost something mm-hmm. in this one loss. But, you know, so when we going back to the hospital, into the hospital room, they allowed me to stay in that same room and the nurses came and I will say they, so this hospital that I was at had a bereavement committee there. So they, it was, had no idea how amazing it was. You know, I was, didn't know that I was so And that was part of the nurses or the nurses that were in. Yes your c-section they were were, part of this bereavement committee okay so they came in and they wasted no time they brought Lillian over they gave her a bath they made me hold Lillian while they were washing her down you know they were doing things and my reactions were like no like I can't I can't you know I just kept saying those things over and over again and the nurses just kind of were like stepping back and waiting until I was like okay, yeah, I can, you know, like they just would wait and pause and then be like, okay, 
because they knew, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. they had been through this with some other moms and they just did all the handprints like right then and there. And I remember being so exhausted and I just needed to sleep, but I couldn't sleep mm-hmm. because they were doing all these important things. And I was like, I'm, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And that's when they brought in the cuddle cot because I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything that she's doing before she was being taken away. Cause I kept thinking like, are you guys going to take her away now? Like, does she need to go into the room of where she needs to go? I don't know yeah. where that is. Or and they're like, no. And they kept saying like, no, 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 we have something that we'll bring to you and she can stay in here. And I just wasn't getting it. But after they did all the handprints, they brought in the cuddle cot and they put it on my bed. And the moment she was in the bed with me, I said, I need something to go to sleep. And they popped me a book, like a Benadryl <laughs> or something. And I went to sleep with my hand like on Lillian. And that Aww. was our first night, you know. Um, so do you remember her being cold? I do. Brittany, when you were talking about um, Chris being shocked about how cold she was, that's how I felt. Like I picked her up that next morning and I we did skin to skin mm-hmm. time. And I remember like a feeling it was like a cooling pack on my mm. on my breast mm. right and like your your milk starts to come in so you're you're starting to get a little engorged and like her cool body was like medicine for my my my, wow. my milk coming in I didn't even think about that and I remember feeling like even though it's like this, almost strangely soothing it was yeah it was almost like she was still the answer to something for me she was still wow. she was still taking care of what was going on in yeah. my body because otherwise she would be nursing but I remember feeling so shocked at her cooling and then I got so scared it was going to go away so I felt like I kept needing to put her back in the cuddle cot because I kept thinking like if she's not cool or if she's not cold she's not going to be able to stay with me you know so I kept like being obsessed with keeping her in the cuddle cot, which is my regret. I wanted, I just like the biggest, you're never going to hurt your baby, whatever Mm -hmm. you do with Mm -hmm. her or him or her, like whatever you decide to do, you're not going to hurt your baby. So I also swaddled her. Um, I had a lot of people in the room. So our nurse recommended we swaddle her so that her skin would be preserved a Mm -hmm. little bit as Mm -hmm. we passed her around the room. And that was also an emotional moment was Jeff swaddling her because he is an amazing swaddler. He used to be an athletic trainer. So he used to like wrap ankles and stuff. So he's always been known as the best baby swaddler in our house. And he just wrapped Lillian up perfectly and we got to hold her for the next two days. And I stayed because I was, well, you were a C-section too, but I stayed for four days. So I stayed three nights and four days and I kept telling my nurses, like, I think I'll go tomorrow. I think I'll be discharged tomorrow. I think I'll go ahead and go tomorrow. And they were like, we'll just wait. We'll just wait. We'll wait for tomorrow. And you can make that decision tomorrow. Like, I wish I would have stayed. Don't make day. decisions. You know, yeah. I mean, every day that passed, I kept thinking, like, I can't do this another day. I'm going home. But then my nurses were like, you have time. You mm-hmm. know, like, you don't have to go anywhere. And we did. We ended up staying the entire time that my C-section insurance would allow. Um, And that very last day, I was reading my journal the other day, and I noticed, like, a huge difference between 
the day I found out Lillian died and the day that I was separated from her. My mind was in two totally different places and I was so much more prepared to be separated from her because I had, I was like constantly checking off boxes of what to do. But the thing that you can never prepare for is passing your baby to someone as you're leaving. Like, did you ask? I asked because I had a new a nurse that I knew, but she was my day of discharge nurse, mm-hmm. Crystal. And sorry, like, I'm still not sure about that. Oh, yep, sorry. <laughs> that was my Siri watch. Sorry. Um, did you ask like how it was going to go down? Mm-hmm. I did. She, uh, the head nurse came in to say like, you can stay till, till 10 o'clock tonight, but you have to go home today. Like you can't, you have to go home. And I was like, okay, I mean, I get it. I just need to know what to do. I mean, I'm sitting here holding Lillian, no more visitors in my room, just me and Jeff. And I'm like, I want to go see my children at my other children at home. I mean, just like I would, if she was living, like I want to go be reunited with my babies Um, but how do I, how do I do this and who is prepared to do this with me? Like, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want a nurse in here who who doesn't know how to look at me while I'm giving her Mm -hmm. my baby. So I told her that I said, I just don't want anyone in here that doesn't understand what's going on or doesn't like, won't be respectful, I guess. And she said, Nope, we have a nurse who was, who does this she comes in she will hold the baby until you're ready to leave um so we did we took it with baby steps my husband Jeff and I by ourselves with Lillian um we said a quick novena or a a divine mercy chaplet and then we said a quick prayer um and then we had the nurse come in and I sorry to interrupt because that just triggered something for me. Did you have a priest come in? Oh my goodness. I did. I totally. Yeah. So he came in that very first night, which is very interesting to have someone from your church, like your priest or your pastor to come in in a very raw moment in your life because you don't see them like that ever. Mm -hmm. You know, they're used to seeing you at church and dressed up and just happy and joyful. Right. Mm -hmm. And he came in and I was screaming still, I was crying and um, in the Catholic church, we have a blessing for someone after that has passed. It's almost like a blessing of the body. And he came in and he knew exactly what to say. I mean, I guess, you know, our, they're in the hospitals, pastors and priests are in the hospitals all the time. So they know, like they know what to do. But when he allowed me to feel like, there was some sort of ceremony. It wasn't a baptism. It wasn't a christening. It wasn't anything that, you know, I normally did with my babies, but it felt like there was something that we did for her in the hospital right away. That felt like a blessing. I took a breath of like, okay, like step one, or just like, that's like, if we're, okay, these things are happening. This is, you know, these, these steps are going to happen. So I personally loved having my priest come in. Yeah. I, you know, I know that's not for everyone, for everyone mm-hmm. but it was something that I didn't know I needed. And in fact, I think my mother-in-law called him. I don't even think Jeff called him. I think my mother-in-law called him and he just said, I'll be right there. And he came oh. right up. So I'm very, very grateful for that. But yeah, so at the, and he recommended at the end, 
you know, he gave us a quick prayer that we could say some scripture to read and, um, and it helped. And, and I think Jeff and I, our biggest advice for people are to look for those stepping stones. God is in the, like, God is going to provide these stepping stones mm-hmm. for you to leave the hospital or through the, through your stay there. And you just got to make each step, you know, you just kind of got to follow each stepping stone. Um, and so she did, she came in, I gave her my baby, I gave her Lillian. I sat in the wheelchair next to Lillian for a minute crying. And then the, a different nurse came in and started wheeling me out and she said, just close your eyes, sweetie. And I closed my eyes because we were going to go through the labor and delivery unit. Mm. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, she said, just close your eyes. We're going to get through this hallway and we're going to get you to your car. And getting, and she just kept whispering in my ear, you're stronger than you know. You're going to get through this like over and over and over until I got to the car. And when I got in the car, I wanted so badly to get home to see my, my kiddos at home, you know, like all of a sudden my, my living life came back and was just pulling me back to reality of you have living children. You are still supposed to be alive. You, you are supposed to come back to them. Um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, it took until I left the hospital to feel that, you know, interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you asked me the same qu- three questions, or same question, but with three answers. What mm. is the most memorable three. three things that were most memorable that you did or experienced during your stay? With Lillian. Yeah. Um, taking Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep is a professional photography that came and took pictures with us. Um didn't smile in any of them, <laughs> but that's something that after I lost Carter, I would tell people and it was like word vomit, which is sounds weird, but like, because I would tell it to people who hadn't lost a baby. Right. So like, why was I mentioning it to them? I don't know. But I was like, how do you pose for a picture with your baby who that, is no longer living and your insides are just falling apart? Exactly. Like your heart has been broken into a million pieces. Exactly. Like, yeah. I don't know. And, but in some of my pictures, I am smiling because it's like, I think it's instinct. Smile. It's instinct to like smile instinct for to say, a picture. Yeah. Hi, how are you? Yeah. And for you to say, say back good. good. Yeah. It's just instinct. And it is. To it's smile like nobody writes a book that's like, here is how you should pose and make your face look <laughs> yeah. when you lose your Here's baby. How you need just, just smile. And I, so one of my favorite pictures with Lillian is her on my chest doing skin to skin time. And Jeff was just kind of looking at her. And my face is more relaxed, just sleeping mm-hmm. almost. Just mm-hmm. she hurt the hormones in my body released when she was on my on me doing skin to skin. And so my face relaxed, which made me look happy, like mm-hmm. more peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, but those pictures are the ones that are around my house still. I have, mm-hmm. you know, I have her all around my house. And I'm so grateful that I do because of when I just need to see her face, you know, I, I, I'll, you just get into a mood of, I just need to go. I just need to see her face. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. (sighs) I know this is hard because it's not possible right now with the pandemic, but I loved having each, having a picture of each of my siblings, my mom, my dad, Jeff's parents, 
his siblings all holding Lillian as well. Mm -hmm. And mostly because then all of our other children, when they came to visit for after baby, we always took pictures, whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's very individualistic. And I'm just so thankful of that memory of watching them study her face Mm -hmm. and like, it's like they gave respect to her and and thought that she was just as beautiful looking away. And I had some dear friends who came that I, you know, I don't know. They came and I was still a mess and just was talking about all sorts of stuff. And they came and loved her and, and left. And I was like, how did they do that? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could have done that as a friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I could have done that mm-hmm. previously. So very grateful for that too. I think my most favorite memory was probably when I was dressing her in her gown before we left. It was just me and Jeff and the nurse who was taking pictures of us doing it, but I got to put her in a receiving gown, um, put little bonnet or put little shoes on her. Um, I didn't change her diaper, which is one thing I never got to do, but I just got to dress her up like a doll. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to do some, some of that with her and, and I just feel like as a girl, I don't know, I, yeah. having a baby girl, yeah. you just have mm-hmm. all these cute dresses that I that you just want to put put on them all at the same time. So we got to do that. But yeah, those are probably my three. Do you have one major regret? Like I said, my regret yeah. was not just uncovering her, taking everything off and looking at her, studying her. Mine is just simply not being awake for the not C-section. Yeah, that's okay. just, that's my biggest regret. Interesting. So, yeah. But here I am, alive, alive you know, and like that's what I always just tell myself. I, I did live through it. That nurse knew yep. you're going to live through this. And, and somebody did. who hears this is going to yep. feel the same pain and is I going know. to question if they're going to be able to live through it. And mm-hmm. we're here to tell you that you will. Yeah. It's not always easy, but you will live through it and you will start yeah. some sort of healing. Mm-hmm. Yep. It never ends, but, but God will bring you joy again. And he did. He brought me, he brought me joy again. And we have since had Leo. Um, and that's just a miracle. I don't know. Just another joyful, another joyful reason to know that babies are a gift. At some point I would love to, I'm the unique situation of the three of us. You know, we all have kind of our Mm -hmm. unique stories. Yeah. But I haven't had a child after loss, whereas y'all have. Mm -hmm. So maybe an episode in the future should touch on Mm -hmm. how different your pregnancies are when you're still grieving a child. I I would say, now I didn't have a baby prior to losing Carter. Carter was my first, but I had two after and the pregnancy right after Carter with my son Connor was very different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, um, I was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was not great. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> not, I mean, you just like pick apart every mm-hmm. single thing mm-hmm. and what if every single thing. Um, I, and I try like, and people were constantly like, please try to enjoy, like, please enjoy mm-hmm. this. And mm-hmm. so I tried mm-hmm. to kind of, that's a whole nother episode. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about it, but it is. Can I say too, on a total side note, 
Holland has an Astros t-shirt on, <laughs> but she has this necklace on with three hearts. Are they hearts? They are oh, hearts. Yeah. Three hearts on it. So this so necklace oh my is the necklace my husband gave me after Hannah was born. Aww. She's my third. And these, each of the hearts signify our babies. They represent, you know, Carter, Connor, and Hannah. And this is actually, this is terrible because Hannah's two. This is the first time I'm wearing it because y'all have been too fat to wear it. Because it's kind of a tight <laughs> necklace. And Those darn like, choker necklaces. <laughs> when he gave it to me, I literally, put, it was like the day that I had Hannah. And he's like, this is your gift after having Hannah. And I like put it on because take it off. <laughs> it's strangling you. <laughs> like, it doesn't look good right now. <laughs> So it's funny. That's a that good husband right there. Whether we're jewelry people or not, mm-hmm, we each all have. have a necklace on mm-hmm. representing our baby. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's the we piece of jewelry it. that's like closest to our heart. Yeah. yeah. Necklaces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it also is something people can see and they know, yeah, like they can visible. see it. And I think people know, well, that means something. Yeah. And either they ask or they don't, but they know that something is meaningful mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. I think so. Well, we thank you for yes. telling thank Lillian's you for, story. Yeah. Thank you. Even though we had to start and stop a million times because I'm a like dumb it. dog. I love it. <laughs> but this is us. This is raw and real. Yeah. And yeah. stay tuned for our yeah. next story, our Carter story. I'm very excited to hear from